When you grow up in a state like Missouri, like I did, caves have a certain familiar allure. You expect them to be around. Any gray and white towering bluff next to a highway or a river bend might be hiding something grand inside. Midwestern folklore also has a familiar allure for Missourians. Daniel Boone, Mark Twain, George Washington Carver. These are our local heroes, and we make our own fun out of commodifying their lives and adventures. You know, tours of the hometown, gift shops. I've yet to actually see a Lewis or Clark bobblehead for sale, but it's definitely something we'd do. I'm Abigail Keel, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, I'm taking you to a place that embodies both these aspects of my home state, the caves and the lore. Merrimack Caverns is a giant limestone cave just an hour outside of St. Louis. It's home to a combination of kitsch and world-class scenery that sings a calming tune to my Midwestern heart. We'll go deep right after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. I've been fortunate enough to be in caves all over the world, and our cave is really special. <laughs> Meet our guide to Merrimack Caverns for today. I'm Les Turley. I'm uh, the grandson of the founder of Merrimack Caverns, uh, Lester B. Dill. And uh, he, he knew of Merrimack even as a boy. And after he and my grandmother got married, he always told my grandmother he was going to open up a big cave and take lots of people through it. And that's exactly what he did. (laughs) Today, Les is the president and CEO of Merrimack Caverns. The cave has been in his family since his grandfather purchased it back in 1933. And running the cave has always been a full-on family affair. My son and my grandson both work at the cave. My wife works at the cave. I have a sister and uh, she worked at the cave when she was little. Merrimack Caverns is what's called a show cave, meaning it's a commercially owned cave that you can buy a ticket to go inside of. 
Show caves often have tours or lights or something fun going on inside. But Merrimack Caverns is the most showy show cave I've ever set foot in. If Merrimack Caverns was a person, what sort of person would they be? (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I would have to term Merrimack Caverns as a a (laughs) jack-of-all-trades. Merrimack Caverns has an impressive variety of things to offer the casual cave-goer. It's got lights, paths, a disco ball. It's loaded with local history. I'll take you on a tour in just a little bit. For now, know that the cave is huge. It spans seven stories underground and stretches four and a half miles back. The whole tour takes an hour and 20 minutes. Why do you think your your grandfather wanted to start a show cave? Well, he grew up in the Merrimack State Park, and the Merrimack State Park has about 17 caves, and he explored every one of them. That was back when they were kids. That you know, they you have to keep in mind they didn't even have a radio, much less TV or anything <laughs> to keep them occupied, or computers, or cell phones. <laughs> so they went through caves for entertainment. My grandfather was always known as the local caveman. Is it unusual to have like a cave on your property in this part of the state? Not in Missouri. Missouri is what they call a karst state. And it's a, put it in layman's term, the the ground is kind of like a a giant sponge. Mm. It's like a limestone with a lot of uh, mineral deposits and and where the acidity uh, just uh, works the cavities out of the ground and forms the cave. And why was it for sale? I, I, you know, I think people who aren't maybe from this part of the world where there are so many caves yeah. think like, oh, a natural wonder should be like a state park. Well, initially it was a man in Germany that owned the cave. And the reason they bought it was for mining rights. This initial owner was hoping to find gold. That didn't happen. But it turns out Merrimack Caverns was rich in another substance. It was a gunpowder plant back in the Civil War. And why, yeah, why did gunpowder need to be made in a cave? Well, at the saltpeter, which is a potassium nitrate, it, it comes from uh, from bat guano. <laughs> mm, gotcha. Interesting. Okay, so they were just close to the source. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When Grandpa Lester bought the cave in 1933, it was actually called Saltpeter Cave. He changed the name to Merrimack Caverns, after the river that runs next to the cave. He also created the pathways and railings and started giving tours by oil lantern to whoever came down the other flowing thoroughfare next to the cave, historic Route 66. Les got put to work early. My first job was in 1956, uh, tying on bumper signs on cars. It was like our sole source of advertisement at the time. Yeah, and now the the billboards. Can't, now the billboards. You yeah. can't can't not know about the billboards. Merrimack Caverns has the healthiest billboard presence of any attraction I've ever had the pleasure to come across, and this is in a state with a strong billboard game. Starting about a hundred miles out in either direction from the cave, you'll see these big black billboards with the bright red Merrimack Caverns logo on them. The closer you get to the cave, the more frequent the billboards, till they're almost every sign. Next exit, exit now. Les says his grandfather initially had the idea to paint ads on nearby barns, and that eventually evolved into the billboards. And y'all, it worked. 
Fourth uh, of July is traditionally our busiest day. And uh, the first Fourth of July in 1933, they had like 13 people tour the caverns. And then over time, we got that number up to about 3,500. Today, something like 150,000 people visit the cave every year. And the tours aren't given by lantern light anymore. There are electric lights installed throughout the cave system, and the guides switch them on and off at different turns. Some shine up at the formations and help create reflections in the pools of water below. There are also lights in psychedelic colors that give the tours a sort of spooky carnival vibe. And now I'm going to need a little help for this next part. Hi, we ended up going to Merrimack Caverns today! Gma Gma Adventures! This is a YouTube video from the delightful channel Gma Gma Adventures, hosted by Donna and Stan Cravens, the titular Gma and Gma. They gave me permission to use some of their video about Merrimack Caverns, since I didn't record the full tour the last time I was there. This looks like the main building, so we're going to check that out inside and see what's there. There's the restaurant as you walk in. And a fudge shop. No matter where you're at, you need fudge. And off from the gift shop and restaurant area is the entrance to the cave. And you can already feel the cool in here. Now, for full cave appreciation, I recommend that you visit Merrimack Caverns on a hot summer day. Missouri is plagued with the disgusting, muggy heat in the summer. But the cave is a nice, cool 58 degrees all year round. We can start making our way to the next room. How's everyone's day going so far? Good. The tour starts inside the cave, which is connected to the welcome building with the fudge. You start walking, and all of a sudden, the walls turn into rock, and the ceiling above you disappears. It's replaced by a giant cavern, stretching up at least 20 or 30 feet. The first room you go in is what we call our ballroom. At the turn of the 20th century, they had a 50 by 50 foot wooden platform that they used to go and away on. Now the ballroom has a black and white checkered floor underfoot. And this is where the disco ball hangs. The room is big enough for a high school prom. Les says they don't do many events here anymore. But back in the day, they hosted a mean square dance. My great-grandfather... Uh, played the fiddle and called the square dances on Saturday night. Wow! When my grandparents first opened in 33, they didn't make enough money giving cave tours. So on Friday and Saturday night, they'd have dances and they'd supplement their income that way. After the ballroom, you head to the lower portion of the cave. These are probably the tightest quarters on the tour. A little bit of a low ceiling in here. So you've got to watch your head a little bit if you're too tall. I kind of wish I'd bought the toy hard hat in the store. Back when Les's grandfather bought the cave, this section was inaccessible. But a spelunking mission through a 40-degree stream revealed these rooms and some treasure. A lockbox sitting on a big rock. After a bit of testing... Grandpa Lester determined the lockbox had come from an 1874 train robbery, a robbery committed by a famous outlaw. What would you do, Captain, if you saw Jesse James? There's only one thing to do. Shoot first and ask questions afterwards. Turns out, the lockbox was left here by Jesse James and his brother Frank. These two were huge figures of interest back in the day, inspiring tons of Western movies like the one you just heard from 1939. 
Supposedly, the James brothers entered Merrimack Caverns on horseback while fleeing from the sheriff's deputies. They swam through the freezing cold stream and escaped out the back of the cave where it empties into the Merrimack River. During the 50s and 60s, uh, I think Jesse James is what put Merrimack Caverns on the map. But uh, a lot of the younger kids have never heard of Jesse James, you know. Hey, G-Paw seemed pretty impressed by the story on his tour. This is the way Frank and Jesse James snuck out of the cave. He said we have 58 stairs to go up now, once he turns the light on. Ooh, they're really wet. Eventually, the tour leads you to the upper portion of the cave. There are more rooms, more impressive cave formations, and then, finally, the piece de resistance. Our most famous attraction is our stage curtain. It's uh, 70 foot high and uh, 35 foot across, and it's about uh, 14 foot thick. Wow. And it's a uh, drapery formation, and uh, there's a light and sound presentation, and that's it right at the end of the tour. It's what we call our theater room. The stage curtains are Les's favorite formation in the cave. The theater room has a stadium-like arrangement of seats facing this incredible dripping piece of brown and white rock that really does look like fabric. They turn down the lights, dedicate the show to the troops, and then begins a very unique presentation. This is my own recording from the last time I was at the cave. As God Bless America plays, images of bald eagles and smiling families are projected onto the stage curtains. At the end, a Bible verse appears, which some folks who left reviews on TripAdvisor were not happy to see. Les says his family decided to include this because, well, they're Christian. The way I look at that, well, you know, uh, people don't have to go along with the way I think, but uh, we just put it in there because we thought it needed to be. Honestly, as much as I love Merrimack Caverns, which is a lot, it does feel a bit like a relic of a different era. One before TikTok and VR headsets. One where you couldn't just sit in the AC in front of the TV on a hot summer day. So much of my joy in visiting the caves comes from the sense of nostalgia I get from being there. I think that's the case for others, too. The last time I went, I heard folks on my tour saying things like, I came here as a kid, or this hasn't changed. And it hasn't. It's still the same gigantic cavern it's always been. The place where if you turn out all the intricately placed colorful lights, which some tour guides really still do, You can't even see your own hand in front of your face. There's just that jolt of fear that comes from remembering you're just a person who wandered into a big, dark hunk of rock. And then the relief that washes over you when the lights come back on, the checkerboard floor is still under your feet, and the disco ball is still glittering from the ceiling. The next time you find yourself in need of a real Missouri treat, Check out Merrimack Caverns in Stanton, Missouri. Open every day but Thanksgiving and Christmas, weather permitting. Find them at americascave.com.
This episode was reported and produced by me, Abigail Keel. Special thanks to Les Torelli and to Gma Gpa Adventures. Go check out their YouTube channel. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Dylan Therres, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by me and mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Abigail Keel, wishing you all the wonder in the world. See you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen.